0: Our employees, and it's easy from an entrepreneur standpoint to have an attitude of constant everything improvement. It's just kind of in the DNA of a lot of entrepreneurs. And we've been able to, to take that as a key theme within our business and watch people get healthier, watch people get, you know, more close with their God, watch people make moves financially, get out of debt and start saving or buying homes or any of these types of things that I think constant everything improvement embodies. We've seen people latch onto that theme. And I think that's a a key philosophy that,
1: you know, all business people and leaders should have for themselves and the people that they coach and lead. Constant and never ending improvement has been a hallmark of Matt King's professional career. But you can also add the word rapid to describe Matt's path to success. His rise to national champion status in the Cutco Vector Marketing Organization was virtually unprecedented in company history. Now in a new career, Matt has also created rapid success. His insights on this podcast can help you speed up the trajectory of your business or your life. Welcome to Changing Lives, Selling Knives. I'm your host, Dan Cassetta. There's a generation of entrepreneurs and business leaders out there right now who are positively impacting the world Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I have an awesome guest for you today. His name is Matt King, uh, and he has been one of the truly elite professionals uh, in and out of the Cutco business. Uh, he started in Cutco in 1998 uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina, ultimately graduated from UNC Charlotte with a degree in business, became a district manager in 2002 while he was still finishing college, and had a rocket ascent to the division manager position. 16 months, only two summers under his belt as a district manager, and Matt was appointed to take over uh, the division in uh, the North Florida area. Uh, He was a division manager with the company for many years, and his third year as a division manager, Matt's division was number one in the company. They repeated that again the next year and were perennially one of the top five divisions or so uh, in the company throughout Matt's illustrious career. Uh, He produced over $90 million in Cutco sales uh, before leaving the company to start his own company. He is now uh, the founder and uh, co-owner of Blue Chip Maintenance with his partner, Anith Gannison, who is also a Vector Cutco alum. And uh, Blue Chip Maintenance uh, specializes in residential repair And service among all the trades uh, that you would ever have in your home, they are they're operating in four states with 90 technicians and 35 employees. Uh, So Matt has grown that business very very quickly over the last couple years as well. Truly, as I said, an elite professional both in and out of the Cutco business. I'm really excited to have him here on the podcast today, Uh, Matt King. Thanks so much for making time for the podcast.
0: Oh, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity, Dan. Uh, there's so many great thoughts and memories that uh, come to mind when I think about the Vector experience and being able to share that is a true blessing. So thank you.
1: Outstanding. Well, I'm looking forward to the conversation. So why don't we start out by hearing how you started with Cutco Vectors back in 1998? Tell us uh, how you got how you got connected with the company.
0: So yes, sir. Uh, that summer, I grew up with my father and. Unfortunately, I just finished my freshman year of college uh, in April of that year. Uh, middle of the season, I was playing baseball, and my father got into a car accident and had some brain damage from that accident. And I decided that it was best to move in with my mom at that time. And moving in with her, different ball game, you know, than than living with dad, different set of rules. One of the first rules was that I needed to have a job quickly, and she wasn't going to have me uh, sitting around the house doing nothing all summer. So looked around, I got a job at a restaurant working at Applebee's, and it took about three days to figure out that that was not the position that was best suited for me. And I uh, looked around, and I, I saw a sign on the side of the road that said, Student Work, 1155. and called called and went in for the interview and being a a business major in school it really just sounded exciting sounded like something that would be a great proving ground an opportunity to grow some skills learn some things build my resume and uh, the, the rest really was history so I started that summer and went on and hit a bunch of pay raises and really had a, had a blast that summer and, and, and really left me wanting more. So yeah, that, that was the beginning.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, let's hear about some of the experiences you had uh, in the early part of your career that you feel like created some of the you know, most important lessons for you or just you know important concepts that you learned uh, as you were a vector rep and in your early career as a manager. Tell us about some of those experiences.
0: Yeah, I think as a rep, One of the things that was very unique is, as I mentioned, I moved in with my mom after college, so I didn't have that foundation of people that I knew locally. I I literally knew nobody in the town because I hadn't really grown up there. And uh, I remember walking to the office and everything was so uplifting, upbeat, positive. And I remember that first summer, them really doing a lot with my confidence, right? Teaching how to overcome challenges How to be a true problem solver, and uh, how to think bigger, and also you know how to be a professional and act like a professional, you know. And I I feel like the power of positive thinking was something that I never really uh, thought about prior to Vector, but Vector really instilled that at a very uh, important time in my life. I was 18, turning 19 years old that summer. Uh, I was very brash, I would say, at a young age. I understood uh, to how not to turn people off, right? With my brashness and, and Vector really helped that uh, a lot of the times with the building rapport and just being a professional overall, you know, I remember the scholarships, you know, that I won the following two summers as a sales rep and pacing throughout a summer, consistency, persistency, uh, continuing to grow and elevate my craft, right? I, I really took a lot of the baseball philosophies and in sports philosophies of, of, of using time to get better at what you're doing and applied that directly to Vector. And, and the results followed in just about every case. You know, from there, I got an opportunity to be an assistant manager one of those scholarship summers, uh, being in a leadership position, realizing that people are looking up to you. And then ultimately, as a branch manager, the biggest thing that I saw is that I had the ability through the Vector tool to use my personal power to make a difference in young people's lives and instill that same confidence or those life lessons that were given to me. And it really created a true passion for the business. And what the opportunity gave is I was able to replicate some of the amazing impacts that had on my life and the lives of others, just through leadership and coaching. Uh, I realized that as a person, I could lead, right? Because, you know, there'd never really been a position that I'd, I'd I'd been a leader, quote unquote, except for you know being a captain of a team or something along those lines. But you know, I realized that I could lead. I realized that I could coach, and it did feel the same as if, as if I was playing a sport and you know developing my team to be great and to win the championship.
1: Yeah, that's outstanding, uh, Matt. I, I appreciate uh, you sharing how the the particularly the branch manager experience enabled you as you said to use your personal power to impact other people i think that that's the point in time for a lot of vector people when they're a branch manager where they really realize that they have that great ability uh, to impact so many other people because you know as an assistant manager as a rep there's always somebody there you know in the office who is above you in terms of position in the office that you can kind of turn to that whenever you need to. But as a branch, right, it's all you running the show. And uh, you really have to be able to learn to lead and learn to influence and learn to solve problems. And all those things you described that you, you know, learned early on from some of the people that you were working with on terms of problem solving and positive thinking and professionalism, right? Those all come to fruition when you're actually running your own office.
0: A hundred percent. And it really underlines the fact that and what I've always said about Vector is that there are so many qualities that, that human beings possess that we don't even realize until we're put into a position for, for that cream to rise to the top. And, and I, I view branches as that's what that is. It allows these qualities that have you know been dormant within us to come to the surface and to start using them for good. And I, I was definitely able to see that in many different ways that summer.
1: Yeah. Well, those qualities certainly came out for you and your success as a district and division manager is among the greatest you know, performances of anybody truly in the history of Cutco and Vector. As a division manager, as I referenced in the brief intro, you quickly built the North Florida division into a national championship organization. So you took over right at the end of summer of 2003. So 2004 was your first full year as a division manager. Um, and you built the organization in 04, 05, and then boom, 06, number one division in the entire company. 07, again, number one division in the entire company. What do you think were some of the success factors in growing your division so quickly? Well,
0: I think there's there were a lot of... of, of- factors that went into it, you know, and it was really felt like the perfect storm. Uh, A big part of it was, was really sharing the vision, right? I think the impact of a group of people that fueled each other uh, and what we could build together and and how special that could be and people buying into that vision, you know, that, that was a, a huge point for us. Part of that vision included having high standards and high expectations for ourselves Uh, not running with the crowd, right? We used to have a saying that if you run with the crowd, you get what the crowd gets, right? Our attitude was to to run in a different direction than the crowd, not to be the norm, um, and to push the limits of really what was possible at the time. You know, the reality is that people with the right attitude can and will live up to the expectations that we place upon them. So we didn't limit ourselves in what the possibilities could be. And that was part of the culture. You know, I also feel like healthy competition uh, was key, right? We loved seeing each other perform at a high level individually. Uh, you know, not only did our division win a silver cup, but we were on three different managers, won national titles at the individual level during those, those couple years. And the healthy competition and, and the desire to see our teammates perform at a high level uh, stayed true uh, throughout that entire period. I also realized you know, how critical processes and programs were for everything and speaking the same language with the team. We pride ourselves on taking programs and elevating them and figuring out how we can be more efficient and more effective with those programs. And we were really able to be trailblazers for several key programs uh, in the vector business that have continued to evolve since that day and time. The final thing that I'd say is that, you know, I really tried and as many times as possible to use logic and facts, right? As motivation, right? Versus emotional motivation uh, that can sometimes come across as fluff or hype. You know, we really focused on numbers and percentages and how those things translated into the outcomes that we desired.
1: Hmm. That's an interesting point you made there at the end about using logic and facts as motivation as opposed to just the emotions, which can tend to be fleeting. So really trying to give people specific evidence of what they would achieve if they did certain things or if they, you know, followed certain processes or took certain actions. Like that, uh, I I like that concept for anyone who is uh, relatively new in vector or not in vector the North Florida division under Matt's leadership was largely responsible for developing the modern day personal recruiting program uh, that we run in the company, you know, where our current reps are able to refer the people that they know to be able to work with the company as well, and just how that process builds and builds. And, you know, Matt was largely responsible for uh, creating and developing that program back in those days. And, And I I can remember, you know, we were in the, I was running the Bay Area division at the time, and we just wanted to jump on that that train and follow you. And I I do recall a year where my division was second in PRs in the company, and yours was first, and the gulf between yours and you guys and us was just huge, was this massive gap. So you were just truly trailblazing, uh, as you said, with that program. I also like what you said about uh, sharing the vision. For people, I think that's one of the most important keys as a leader is to be able to show people what is the path that we're running down. You know, what what is it? Where is this leading? You know, and why it's going to be beneficial to them to run with you. And you did such a great job of developing leaders, as you said, lots of national championships. I do recall very clearly, two thousand six, and Gannison was the number one manager in the company, number one office in the company that year. And, you know, what what uh, I know is your partner right now, can you speak to anything that he brought to the table that uh, helped make North Florida so great so fast?
0: Well, you know, I alluded to the healthy competition earlier and and at that stage of his career, you know, he was a true gamer among gamers. He he wanted to win and his work ethic was second to none. And so he really helped to set a tone for you know, wanting to be the best of the best, what that looked like. You know, how to pour passion into his his craft every day, and you know, he was somebody that was great to point at and say, you know, if you want to be the best of the best, he was the best of the best, and he did things that at the time many people didn't think was possible, and uh, it opened everybody else's minds to to bigger opportunities and bigger potential that we all had, and he was able to do that in a short period of time, so it went to show that. You didn't have to be doing it for years upon years to pull off something amazing. You know, you had to be passionate, you had to have work ethic, and uh, you had to push the limits and really challenge what you think you could do to to open it up to bigger opportunities.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Well, it, it was cool to to see all of that happening. Obviously, you know, we were competitors at that time and, you know, certainly was something where... You know, we were challenged by the things that you were producing, and it was motivating and inspiring to our team to be able to elevate, you know, what we were doing as well because of what you guys were doing. So, the healthy competition that you created wasn't just something that sparked your own division, but it sparked a lot of other people as well throughout the company. And to see a young, relatively new DVM ascend to the number one spot super fast was very motivating to a lot of people all throughout Vector. So just, just really want to credit you for how quickly and how amazingly you built that so fast. Now, Matt, after leaving Vector, you started your new company. And you, you have likewise built this very quickly to a high level of success. Again, uh, you know, started there locally, right around Tampa. And you now have, you're now in four states, 90 techs, you've got 35 employees, you're growing this thing really, really fast and doing really well. And what I think would be interesting for us to talk about would be some of the commonalities that you've seen in building both your Vector business and your new business with Blue Chip Maintenance. What are some of the commonalities that help somebody to create a great organization so fast? Could you speak to that a little bit, maybe starting with some of the things that have helped you with your current company? 100%. You know, I think
0: first and foremost, Vector gave me an amazing foundation for two specific things that I think are applicable to any field or any business that anybody ever opens, which is leadership matters, people matter, right? Leadership matters, people matter. And, you know, you hear it all the time, right? There's there's people out there, major corporations, small companies, and you hear about the management, you know, poor management, poor leadership, my boss this, my boss that. And, you know, Vector really instills a foundation for how to treat people the right way, right? How to, you know, be able to adjust your style based on the person that you're coaching or leading or managing. And, you know, that that was key. You know, at the same time, Vector gives us an, an amazing ability to find talent or to bring talent out of people, right? Or develop talent within people. And, you know, as, as well as from a, a recruiting standpoint, most of the people out there in the world do not have even a small amount of of the amount of knowledge that Vector gives us in, the, in these areas. And so being able to apply that on a daily basis, being able to apply that with new hires that we have, being able to create a quote-unquote key staff, right? We have an inner circle meeting. These are are sort of the leaders in each department in our company and empowering those people to take the lead. And many of them, once again, have never been in a leadership position. So coaching them on how to lead. These are all things that are just textbook, awesome vector tools and skills that are developed and given uh, throughout the process that have been directly applicable in our business. I think a a couple other things, just to, to rattle off a few, we don't, truly recognize in depth, in the depth in which we are developed and grown until we're in a different pool, right? Whether it be a different role within vector and somebody makes that jump from assistant to branch or branch to district or district to division manager or potentially region managers, I'm sure you can relate to, people don't really understand it until they're swimming in that different pool. And so whether it be, you know, a different role in vector or outside. I feel that every step that somebody takes within that vector ladder creates another level of, in my mind, unfairness to the competition when you're, when you're competing against people outside of the business that haven't had those years of, of development and growth that the vector instills every single year that I was a part of it. Mm. And and that might be whether how to approach uh, challenges, right? The simple idea that change is inevitable. And evolution is required in the business world today, which is something that that Vector has just been amazing with, right? Learning how to find solutions or not being demotivated when you face a challenge that looks daunting, right? Recruiting quality people, managing fairly, seeking growth at all times from our people and from business opportunities, Uh, how to set expectations, uh, communicating that shared vision that I spoke on earlier. right? These are all things that Vector gave me in spades that have been so transferable to running what is going to be close to a $7 million company within two and a half years.
1: That's awesome, Matt. That is so cool. You described that you have created like a key staff roles in your company and that in that way, you're coaching people to lead like their small miniature parts of the company. Can you uh, describe that a little bit more and unpack that a little bit and how you're doing that?
0: Yeah, yeah, not a problem. So, basically out of our 35 or so employees that we have, it's broken into different departments. We have a financial department that handles all invoices, accounts receivable. They handle, you know, the books, the accounting, right? Bookkeeping right? And so she has two or three people in her department. We have a dispatch, which is basically like a vector receptionist type lead. And we have four or five of those individuals. And then we have one person that started from the ground up, worked her way up to being a leader and really setting the tone. And then she's responsible for coaching that department. We have an account manager department where, you know, these are people that are interfacing with our clients on a daily basis, weekly basis and building relationships with those clients. And so we have, you know, somebody that has been in that role and been extremely successful that passes along, you know, ways to elevate their game when it comes to that. We have a project manager department where we have seven or actually now eight different project managers that coach the 90 technicians in the field. So they're essentially doing what Vector would call PDI, with our technicians every day as they go from one appointment to the next appointment to the next appointment. And they're coaching these individuals on how to complete the repairs most effectively. Okay. We also have our field technician department, which the project managers manage those, but these are our W-2s that are driving around in the vans. We have a purchase department that are, you know, we spend probably close to $2 million a year in buying materials from Home Depot, Lowe's, small stores out there, and, and we have to keep all of that organized and make sure that they're ordered at the right time for the right job. So, you know, we have leaders from each of these departments that comes together once a week, and we talk about areas of opportunity as a team. We talk about, um, you know, how to coach uh, different people on the team most effectively, right? We're using the CBI stuff that we've learned with, with Vector 10 years ago. Uh, before we hire and train, and while we train, any new members of our team. Anytime that we want to make a change to any type of policy or procedure or how we can fine-tune or evolve our processes and programs, we bring those people's thoughts and ideas to the table as well, and we interact every single week. It's actually about an hour and a half once a week, every Wednesday, midway through the week, to, to hash out any and all things involving the business and we bring these trusted leaders to the table and, and want their feedback and ideas so that we can put out the best product possible.
1: That's fantastic to hear, Matt. I just, uh, I love hearing how you're using that that principle of key staff and leveraging that in your current company with all your different leaders that you have. And, you know, when you talked about the uh, the leaders that are interfacing with the customers on a regular basis there's a lot of uh, things in, in that role that would relate to like a career cut co rep because you're not just banking on somebody calling you one time for one repair, right? Like it, when I think about home repair service, I think about, I'm calling somebody quite frequently, like I'm calling somebody four, five, six times a year for something, right? Whether it's some kind of plumbing need, which is probably the most common, or you know some kind of electrical thing that I wanna have done Something I want to add to the house in some minor way, where I need you know somebody who's you know a repair technician, not necessarily a, a general contractor, but uh, a roof issue that I had recently like these are all things you guys handle, and so you're able to build a relationship where customers are coming to you multiple times every year for their needs right
0: Oh, hundred percent you know this year we'll complete close to fifteen thousand jobs where we went into people's homes, and I would stay. of them are repeat customers. And really, it all falls back to the idea that relationships matter. The way that people are treated matters. And coaching people and, and teaching people how to communicate and give people what they want, when they want it, how they want it, you know, that is a critical thing. You know, some of the things that Vector teaches is not to sit around and wait on things, but to go out and get it. And so, you know, finding ways to communicate with the clients to stay top of mind so that we are the person that they think of, whether, you know, it be emails, phone calls, any of those types of things to uh, strengthen the relationship during Christmas. There's some of our top clients. We send out gifts to those individuals and we didn't just send them gifts, right? We took a book out of John Rulon or a page out of John Rulon's book and said, hey, what are gifts that are going to give an impression, right? And and that's something that we got from a vector great that uh, we were able to apply. And, you know, some of the feedback and responses we got was, you know, I know that we secured more business, you know, from some of those key people for 2020. And we're, we're super excited about that. But these are all things that it's just normal vector know-how that we've been able to apply to the business.
1: Yeah, that's that's awesome. You, you've shared some really great leadership philosophies uh, among some of the stuff that you've been talking about are there any other like philosophies you have as a leader that you personally have that you that uh, stand out that you might be able to talk about
0: yes sir yes sir i, I can think of of several that i think are, are pretty critical you know one of them and and i hear some of the vector family talk about this still today which is just the, the circle of influence, right? And the sum of five, right? Which is the concept essentially that we really have to be very specific in it and, and, and with high intention with who we want to keep our trusted relationships with, with who we interact with the most, you know, and that if you take the five people that we spend the most time with, we are the average of that person in all facets from their character, their financial opportunity that they have to, Uh, their relationships, all of those things. And and I truly believe that that is key. You know, one of the greatest things about Vector is the ability to be surrounded by so many top-notch individuals that influence us to be greater. You know, and since leaving, I realized that 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 was a void that I needed to fill, right? And so, you know, I've been very fortunate to join a CEO group called Vistage uh, that has had a major impact in keeping my circle of influence in a strong place where there's people that I'm looking up to, there's people that look up to me, there's people at my level and I'm able to interact from a business standpoint with a group of like-minded people that are seeking growth, that are investing money and time in order to get that circle of influence, uh, which, you know, has been huge. So I think all leaders have to guard themselves from their circle of influence to be at the highest caliber and continue to challenge themselves as they grow to improve that. And that's been something that has been huge from a leadership standpoint. Also, you know, overall thoughts, right? Helping people get what they want as a leader, and then eventually we'll get what we want, right? And, and I truly think about that all the time. You know, with every major decision that we make within our company, I'm always not just thinking about how do I benefit I think about the 90 families and the 35 employees families that are impacted with every decision that we make. And I think Vector as a whole, you know, taught me a lot about thinking about more than just yourself, right? Thinking about the bigger picture and the impact that we have on others. You know, Larry Manley always used to say, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I thoroughly believe that. I believe that, you know, the 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 more of an impact that I can make on them and taking an interest in them and helping them get to where they want to go, our business will follow. And it's been so great to watch so many lives, you know, start getting enriched uh in so many ways that uh in and our business growing at the same pace, right? Other things I think about are being easy on people, tough on results. I think that's a philosophy that a lot of uh non-vector trained people Tend to make mistakes with and, you know, they insult employees or treat them improperly versus focusing on results uh, and being easy on people and being likable, right? I think uh, the other one is getting the right people in the right seats, right? Getting the right people on the bus and then getting them in the right seats. And that's been, as we've grown and people are wearing less hats in the business as we've evolved as a company, it's organizing the key people so that they're impacting the right things. I think Vector was great about that. Also, I think attitude is everything, right? One of the things that's very hard to teach someone, but with the right attitude, can almost always learn the skills. You know, that's one of the things that's been very evident, and I hold that to be true, is that when I'm interviewing or hiring new members of our team, I'm not necessarily looking for their experience. In my mind, experience almost doesn't even matter, right? What matters is what type of attitude is this person gonna bring to the table? Okay? Mm. what type of heart is this person gonna bring to the table? Because if they have the right heart and right attitude, they're gonna figure it out. Right? It's not rocket science, right? Yeah. And so that's been a huge thing. Uh, we also have, you know, four pillars of our company. Number one is integrity, right? Number two is accountability. Number three is one that I had is my division with Vector in fact. It's called Can I? constant and ever ending improvement and i feel like that philosophy not just from a business standpoint but we do challenge our employees and it's easy from a uh, entrepreneur standpoint to have an attitude of constant ever-ending improvement it's just kind of in the dna of a lot of entrepreneurs but a lot of employees sometimes it's tougher for them to be to think of that type of depth or to think about that growth and even be open to sharing hey Here's where I want to grow personally. Here's where I want to grow financially. Here's where I want to go spiritually, and we've been able to to take that as a key theme within our business and watch people get healthier, watch people get you know more close with their God, watch people uh, make moves financially, get out of debt and start saving or buying homes or any of these types of things that uh, I think constant every improvement embodies. We've seen people latch on to that theme, and I think that's a, a key philosophy that you know, all business people and leaders should have for themselves and the people that they coach and lead. Uh, And then finally, right, the the idea of of evolve or die, right? Last year's efforts won't win this year. And that's something that we're constantly thinking of, right? We're creating a commercial arm right now. We're creating a garage door retail side of our business. And these are just new arms and new legs of the company that are going to continue to help take us to the next direction and so those are just some of the leadership philosophies that I think are most important to me that I apply to my daily day-to-day activities and have watched make big impacts on anything we've touched.
1: Yeah, that was great, Matt. I, I really like your four pillars right there with integrity, accountability, uh, can I, constant never-ending improvement, and then evolve or die. And uh, just what you shared and riffing about your constant never-ending improvement philosophy, uh, was so powerful and is so, so incredible for people just to think about in, in any leadership role. You know, is how are you helping people to constantly improve both inside the business that you're in, but also as humans outside the business? If people feel like they're growing as humans when they work with you, they want to stay around you a whole lot longer and it ties people in in a much bigger way. So that was great. You referenced Larry Manley, Matt. Could you uh, just share who you feel like have been some of the most influential leaders in your life and anything that uh, stands out that you learned from those people?
0: Without a doubt. And and I would say Larry Manley, being quote unquote my, my Vector Papa in the business, definitely comes to mind first. And, you know, overall, when I think about him, there's a reason that he has developed more division managers in his career with Vector than any other. Division manager has. And I believe that that is because he always coaches on putting people first. He always puts others first. The whole idea of help people get what they want, you can get what you want. Larry instilled that in me when I was 19, 20 years old as a, as a young developing leader. And I think it's the heart and it really applied it the entire time that I've been in any leadership position. And the idea of growing and developing leaders and not looking at people as they are, but as they can be. Right. Larry was just amazing and, and to see how he took me as a lump of coal and, and carved me up over the years uh, under his tutelage was, uh, you know, truly a, a remarkable gift that I, I could never repay. Yeah. You know, um, other people that I think about, of course, Mr. Scott Dennis, right? His strive for excellence in everything he does. Right. You know, even the best of best leaders, a lot of times it's easy to take a look at the person and go, you know, they're amazing here and here, but hey, here's their the Achilles heel, right? Scott brought excellence and leadership and effort and example to such a place that I was always looking for, hey, wh- where is the chink in the armor, right? I mean, I, it, the guy just set a standard. And also, when I talked about using logic to motivate, he was one of the best at pulling data up and allowing it in a picture for people that they could see facts that emotion couldn't hide. And, you know, I've been able to apply that. You know, I think about Amar DeVay, right? He was somebody that really instilled the idea of being a pioneer, right? Not being afraid to get your hands dirty as a leader and get in there and figure things out, make things happen and and, and fine-tune programs at at every corner. And also just being a big thinker, right? You know, another thing that Amar was huge on was just that inner circle you know, the people that you that you keep close to you and watching him do that and just be an unbelievable developer of people as well. And and lastly, not settling for the status quo was something that I think Omar will be remembered for uh, by a lot of people because he always pushed the limits. And so that was something that I, I tried to emulate. And then, and then uh, you know, last but not least, I would say Mr. John Kane for different times in my career that I needed the conversation with the right person. And John seems to always be the right person for any conversation. Mm. And whether that's been from a business standpoint, a personal standpoint, a husband, a father, uh, just an example to follow. One of the first things he ever said to me, one of the first times we met was never underestimate the heart of a champion. And really he was talking about himself, right? Because he has one of the biggest hearts, and leads with that heart, and it's set an example for so many hundreds, if not thousands of people to follow behind him. And uh, all of the the individuals I spoke of uh, have not just been great impactors of me and developers of me, but also great examples of being a great husband and father, which is the highest priority in life, in my mind. And these guys uh, have it in spade, not just from a business perspective, but as people and as human beings.
1: Yeah, what a great set of things that you shared right there from some of those great leaders and John Cain being able to have those powerful personal conversations and he's such a great listener and he has such a big heart. The big thinking that you shared from Amar and being a pioneer, Scott Dennis, and just all around excellence and just being so great at what he does and just, such a perfect example and and uh, you know Larry with the Larry Manley with the people first philosophies and seeing people as they can become that combination that package can really turn anyone into a great leader in any organization and it's it's evident to see why you became such a great leader it's evident to see why you've been able to continue to be such a great leader after vector and uh, just really really powerful uh insights right there matt um so this has been great matt and as we finish this up here you know what the the podcast is about changing lives and I'm interested to hear as you look into your future, you know, five, 10 years down the road or beyond, how do you aspire to change people's lives through your work or through your influence?
0: Well, you know, I think for me, in terms of of impacting people's lives, I've alluded to that a little bit in terms of how we think about what we do and who we impact. The idea is we want to build a team that is built to last and offer security an opportunity that impacts hundreds, if not thousands of people down the road. You know, as I mentioned, we, we did 15,000 jobs this year that not all 15,000 were emergencies, but I, I bet you a thousand of them were right. Where people didn't get a hot shower, right. Or a bath. Right? People couldn't do their dishes. People, uh, had no AC when it was 95 degrees outside, right. People have sewage backing up into the home, right. These aren't, You know, sexy topics, so to speak. But, you know, we take a lot of pride in impacting people's lives to bring them relief as fast as possible. And as we continue to grow that 120 person umbrella that is under Blue Tip right now, you know, that number of the thousands of other families that, you know, are being impacted is going to continue to grow as well.
1: That's fantastic, Matt. you, You know, you said it's not sexy, but it makes a huge difference what you're doing. And it's admirable to hear how you view what you're doing. And it's fantastic to see the great success that you're achieving. I know that uh, those of us in Vector are proud to see what you are accomplishing and uh, grateful for the role that you played in the Vector business and the support that you continue to provide to people in the Vector business to this day. And so thanks so much for all of what you bring to the table. And thank you very much for making time for the podcast. Thank you so much
0: for having me, Dan. And uh, I wish you continued success in your role in the podcast, continuing to climb as it is.
1: Awesome. The great Matt King, everyone loved hearing how Matt's experience as a branch manager is where he first learned how to really bring forth his personal power. And where he said, I realized I could lead, right? That the The branch manager experience for many people, in Vector, is oftentimes the first time where they realize they can actually lead something and they don't need somebody else there to show the way. And that distinction in life opens up a whole new world of possibilities and opportunities for anyone uh, in terms of the things that they can do in life. Uh, Matt talked about the circle of influence, the sum of five, how he's gotten into this Vistage CEO group. And a lot of people that I've spoken to after they leave Vector talk about how they miss the influence of people who are ambitious and motivated and inspired and going places. And it's so important to always be seeking that in our lives. You know, in my life, I participate in events with Hal Elrod's Miracle Morning community. I participate in events with John Burgoff's Exchange community, with John Vroman's Front Row Dads community, and other places where I'm continuing to get positive influence. I formed my own mastermind group of leaders who are all far more accomplished than I am in life and in business. And it's so important to surround ourselves with people like that in order to continue elevating ourselves. Loved Matt's four pillars of his organization, integrity, accountability, Constant and never-ending improvement, and evolve or die. And so many good lessons he learned from some of the leaders in his life. Shout out to Larry Manley and Scott Dennis and Amar Bay and John Kane for the ways that you have helped Matt develop, and all the ways that he's helping other people develop. Just want to end by talking about one of the things that Matt says, which he said: leadership matters. Leadership matters in in most. Places, people don't necessarily leave their job because of the job or because of the pay. Oftentimes, what they do is they leave because the leader is no longer helping them grow and elevate themselves. And it's so important to bring the right culture around leading others in the organization that you are a part of now, that you are leading now. I want to quickly recommend one short podcast from my good friend Christopher Lockhead and if you go to lockhead.com which is l-o-c-h-h-e-a-d.com we'll put this in the show notes Uh, you click on podcasts and the podcast is called follow your different it's one of two podcasts that Christopher um, hosts and you'll have to scroll down about five or six pages down to episode number 71. And Christopher Lockhead has a podcast called How to Design a Company That People Are Lining Up to Work For. And in that podcast, Christopher talks about the confluence of three conversations that he had. One of those conversations was with Jim Harder, who wrote a book called It's the Manager that describes how most Americans are not uh, engaged in their work. Uh, Another conversation he had was with Scott Galloway, who wrote The Algebra of Happiness, uh, which describes how human happiness tends to dip throughout most of middle age. It's higher when people are younger. It's higher when people are older. But it dips during much of our work career. And the third conversation Christopher talks about was a podcast episode that I was lucky enough to do with him earlier during the year. I believe that one might be episode 44 or somewhere around there. You can look that one up too. But he talks about the confluence of these three conversations. In the conversation I had with them, we talked about the Cutco culture and the culture of personal growth that we have. And this is a short episode. It's like 12 or 14 minutes long, and it will be very thought-provoking for you. So I just wanted to recommend that you check that one out. Under the topic of leadership matters, uh, Matt King has brought great leadership to everything he's done, whether it be as an athlete or during his Cutco career, and now running his own new and fast-growing company. Grateful to have him on the podcast today. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you are off to a great start for your new year. And thank you very much for your support of the podcast. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives, hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. And if you want access to today's show notes, including links to any resources mentioned, visit changinglivespodcast.com. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. I'll catch you back here in a few days for our next story about changing lives.